Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. For this week's show, I recorded live outside the WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. You will meet two people, Cecilia and Sage. Cecilia discusses her belief about social justice, while Sage discusses her belief regarding systemic racism. To view the full video of this interview, please visit beingreasonableshow.com. Hi. Hey, Cecilia. Yes. It's so nice to meet you. And Hi. thank you for doing this. Sometimes I can sit here for a while and hope someone's going to come by, and yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> and so this is a show where we talk about beliefs, but really I want to know how you know what you know. Yes. And where the belief comes from in that kind of sense, right? And uh, the belief, it could be about anything. It could be spiritual, political, personal, religious, doesn't matter. Whatever, something you feel strongly about. Okay. Uh, Do you happen to have a belief you wish to discuss? Yeah, um, I'd say social justice is something I believe strongly in and really passionate about. Okay. And by social justice, what do we mean? Um, Equality, uh, rights for oppressed people, kind of the equalizing of uh, social classes and social dynamics, Um, more unity between people, like less divisions, um, just less injustices for um, people in general. So the belief is that there should be more equality and justice for everyone. Yes, yes. Uh, on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this belief is true, that there should be justice and equality for everybody? Um, I'd say like a nine. <laughs> okay. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in true things? In true things? Yeah. The things that you believe in, how is it important for you that those things are real and true? Hmm. Ten, probably. <laughs> if someone were to ask you, what is the, how is the, what is the primary reason why you know your belief is true, that this should be the state of the world, what would you say? I mean, I feel so personally. I have not had the experience that some people have, but as a woman, there have been times when I've been made to feel small or lesser than. And that feeling that's just of inadequacy, I think, that is so unsettling in me that I know to be true. And I know to be true for other people who have felt similar forms of oppression. Um, that's why I believe it should be true through my personal experience. And also things I've seen um, making people feel lesser than. Um, that's why I think it should be so- true. To uh, describe your belief in a different way, it seems like 
part of what you're saying is is that we're not there now. That yes. that there is injustice and there's inequality now, and this, that we should strive to be there. Yeah. If uh, and it seems like it seems like the main reason why you have the belief is personal experience being a woman and how you've been treated in certain situations and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Well, sort of. Kind of. I I got passionate about social justice and that sort of like humanitarian work actually after doing a unit on Auschwitz and the Holocaust in middle school and seeing that, um, like the horrific nature of that event yeah. kind of spurred me to look deeply into signs of injustice and see injustice and see. think about it, the world as, before I was sort of naive, I thought, you know, oh, we all have these rights and these freedoms. Yeah. But after acknowledging that, I gained a kind of greater understanding of the reality which is that most people don't have this, not everyone is afforded the same rights and freedoms as everyone else. So it seems like there's two primary reasons then. One is personal experience with your own life. And also, I think you're saying the other reason is history. Yes. And when you're looking and reading back on certain historical events like the Holocaust or other genocides, that there were times in history that there were inequalities and it didn't end up well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say Tanya is sitting next to you, and Tanya says, yeah, I know that you're saying that there's inequality and injustice in the, in the world, or at least in our country maybe, and I know what you're telling me about history, and there's probably been maybe some inequality and injustices in the past, but let's say Tanya says, is my belief is that in the current moment that we do have equality, that we do have justice, and, and for the most part, whether you're a woman or whatever race you are, or whatever age you are, who knows what, that I think things are pretty equal and pretty, that there's really justice for all, and, and, and she says, that's my experience. And if I'm a third person, and I'm, I'm hearing you and Tanya speak about your views, how would I be able to decide what is real, what is true? I think you have to weigh both opinions or both views um, and kind of look at the current climate. You have to take what's actually happening now to gauge whether or not everything, everyone is equal and there is justice. And you have to look at like the protests that are happening and weigh that out in your mind. Are they valid? Are they not valid? And it's all about your beliefs, really, at the end of the day. But I think that history has shown there's a cyclical nature of oppression and then greater freedoms. And you can kind of see a turning of the tide right now, um, in my, uh, not even in my opinion, just in the truth that there is a rise in nationalism and patriotism, which leads to more fascism and leads to more oppression of people. So I think if you honestly look at it from an analytical, political standpoint, you can see yeah. that. See where you're coming from. You say on a scale from 1 to 7, you believe this belief at a 10. And that's pretty strong. Yeah. So if you were to believe this belief at a 12, what would even increase your confidence even more that this belief is true? I feel like just working in a field that is um, focused on this, I think will, which is my plan, um, just seeing sort of social injustices 
just makes me believe that people deserve uh, equality more and more. Anytime I see something in the news or I hear something from one of my friends where, you know, they were oppressed in some way, it just strengthens my belief. And now I'm going to ask you the question in in, in a different way. Again, you said from a scale from one to seven that you're confident this belief is true at a 10. What do you think, can you envision something that would reduce your confidence in this belief? It's a hard one. Um, I really can't think of anything that would make me change my mind on that. Oh, okay. Hmm. And I'm just trying to think of hypothetically. I mean, potentially, maybe if I became extremely wealthy and in a lot of power and I was sort of at that elevated platform looking down, I wouldn't see or notice or care as much. Um, But I like to think if that did happen, I would still care. Yeah. Yeah, I do see where you're coming from. I just... Maybe to put the question this way is that if in this country, let's say you're correct in that there is injustice and inequality in the world, especially in, maybe in our country, maybe, and because and that's where we live and maybe we're better able to judge. And let's say that things were becoming more equal and there was more justice in the world or in our country would you be able to recognize you think that that was happening yes and i do think there um you can recognize i would recognize it probably through legislature um primarily and general public opinion sort of um conditions of living things like that so if there was you, you would have a reduction in the confidence of your belief if there was you could see concrete legislative changes in the world and the effect that that, those changes had on the people around us. Well, I feel like I would still believe in it as strongly. Yeah. And it would almost be fortified if there were, if I could see things being enacted. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I do this show is that I find, and I have a feeling this might resonate with you, is that we live in a time where we have sets of people have intense beliefs about things and these beliefs can be diametrically opposed to other people's beliefs. 100%. And we seem to be in a situation where we're getting ourselves into trouble a bit. Yeah. And my thought is, and tell me what you think, is that maybe part of the issue is is that we have these strong beliefs and they're beliefs that can't that we can't show that person is incorrect if the belief is incorrect. There's no way to show them the belief is incorrect if it's incorrect. And they can't even show themselves the belief is incorrect if it's incorrect. And the belief might be perfectly correct. Yeah. And if we have groups of people who believe their beliefs are perfectly correct, and there's no way to show them otherwise, if that's the case, then... That could be a problem. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. It's creates that division I was talking about. And I definitely think in some of my beliefs, I do waver. Like, politically, I'm um, 
I'm not opposed to hearing other sides. Yeah. But in terms of equality, I do think... So I do, I do think it's important to be open mm-hmm. um, in your beliefs and mm-hmm. your belief systems because it really just it shapes how you view the world. But I think when it comes to equality, there is no room for wavering. I think it should be just a fundamental, basic, moral standard and belief. Well, I really appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, <laughs> thank this is, you. It's wonderful. I love talking about this kind of thing, and uh, and uh, I have a feeling that you like talking about this kind of thing, too. I do, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You ask great questions. Oh, thank you, Cecilia. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. And the show is called Being Reasonable. It's on this station right up here, but it's also a podcast. If you want okay, to awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. Have yeah. a great rest yeah, of your yeah, day. Yeah, thank you very much. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. You will hear from Sage as she discusses her belief regarding systemic racism coming up after this short break.
Hi, this is Mark Solomon, host of Being Reasonable. Do you like the show and want to help? Please subscribe to Being Reasonable as a podcast and maybe even write us a review. Thanks. Um, I'm very passionate and um, interested in politics, so I think my beliefs um, are definitely based in like my my political perspectives. Um, and I think in the last year, just seeing the the outrage and the um, the destruction and the devastation that has occurred in our society, specifically with people of color and um, with Black Lives, I just I think it really it really ignited um, it really ignited a lot of thinking on my end. And I had done work. Um, I'm from New York, and I had done work with um, an organization um, based out of Long Island, New York, for two years and then now it'll be three but um when last summer occurred it was two years and um and there I was able to really really develop my belief system and um really understand my position in society as a white woman and understand what um societal positions mean and the power that are behind them and how they therefore form help formulate beliefs so I was able to um also with that understand the concept of systemic racism and how you know I think the way as a society we teach um, racism or lack thereof is we do it through um, a very I think colorblinded like perspective right of Mm -hmm. you know it was it was years ago we had slavery and and we're all equal now and we're fine rather than um and this and this almost like fear of using the word racism and fear yeah. of having those conversations and looking into that I was able to reflect on my educational experience and how I saw uh, that fear of you know ism sexism racism yeah. so forth really prevalent and it made me wonder what would my educational experience look like and would my belief system would it have been more heavily developed um, earlier on if, you know, our education system offered a venue where students could question and, and have those conversations um, and learn about and learn about racism, not learn about, not read, you know, a biography about Rosa Parks. And yes, I mean, a wonderful woman who had such bravery, but, you know, we're still fighting that same fight and it's not, it's not a historical issue. And so I guess the the encompassing belief here is is more so of just I believe that as a society we need to reach a place where the idea of systemic racism is 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 taught, is learned, and is understood rather than this this notion of colorblindness and that we're living in this free and equal world. And how you do that I think is is of course very difficult. I think the first step is is the equity piece and the funding piece, but also as white people, it's also about amplifying marginalized voices. So if I were to encapsulate the belief that there is systemic racism that exists in our country and that we should accept that that is happening and make corrections for that. Yeah. And, and I know I'm saying it in 
like two or three sentences. But is that? And I don't. Yeah. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Is that? Yeah. Is that encapsulate the belief so I can we can yeah. talk, discuss it yeah. better? Okay. Good. Uh, on a scale from one to seven, mm-hmm. how confident are you that this belief is true? I is one being not very one's confident. not sorry that yeah. one seven is really confident i i mean i don't i don't want to you know come to the table with narcissism but i also and also it's again i'm i'm also validating the the idea that i'm a white woman with white privilege and i'm never going to know yeah. or be able to empathize what it's like to navigate as a black person in society but i do think this belief of systemic racism yeah. and the presence of it and the need to um, talk about it and solve it is is very valid and I would give it a seven. Okay. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in true things? A seven. Yeah. Great. I think if someone were to ask you what is to give me the primary reason why you believe the belief, like the fundamental reason why you believe systemic racism is a present and why it's a, a problem, what would you tell that person? I think my fundamental reasoning is is looking at the history of our country. And I think if you if you trace back to the origins of our country, there's no denying it. Um, it's a very factual um it's a very factual issue and a very, um, the, the facts and the evidence is there. And um, social institutions have rejected people of color since the origins of America. And I don't even, and that's why the question also comes to mind. Is it even um, an opinion or a belief? It's just, to me, it's, it's factual, you okay. know? So the primary reason why you believe the belief is that there seems to be a history mm-hmm. of systemic racism in the country, and that has showed you that it's a continuing problem that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. A hypothetical. Let's say that Sarah is sitting next to you. Yeah. And Sarah believes that, yeah, there might be systemic race, might have been systemic racism in the past and in our history. And yet, yeah, it's, it's affected uh, institutions. But you know, now I think things are okay. And that uh, if there's racism and racist attitudes, it's not much, and it doesn't probably impact that many people to really need to change much about it. And that's just what Sarah says. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening to you and Sarah talk about this, and you have your belief, and Sarah seems like to have an opposing belief to yours. And I just want to know what's true, what's objectively true. How could I find out who is speaking more what is objectively true about whether systemic racism exists or is not an issue? Well, right. And I think that's an important question to ask when talking about beliefs because, I mean, if anything's objective, it's beliefs. Um, so I think, I think the main idea is to take... Um, take the I think the feeling the personal feeling um and this this idea of personalizing our our beliefs out of it and just looking at when it but when it comes to political um 
ideologies. I think when it becomes to political ideologies, you need to look at the factual basis. And if Sarah can't pull from a factual basis and she's pulling from her privilege, I don't know how farther that conversation can go. Um, How can we help Sarah then find out whether her belief comes from white privilege, as you say, or from... Assuming Sarah's white. (laughs) Assuming she's white. Right. Yeah, good point. Or from uh, some facts that she's drawing from, you know? Um, yeah, I think I would, I mean, when I, when I first started exploring these ideas, I, uh, I think, I think white privilege in itself is something very complex to, to fully, to fully, um, understand and embody or to, (laughs) <laughs> reject yeah. um, that rejection and can be hard to embody but it's more so about how I see white privilege I don't I look at it very very simple um, it's not about that that economic privilege part you know you you talk to people and mm. you, you people will say you know I've, I've worked my whole entire life and I have nothing I have no resources and that could be a white man you right. know what we deem as society the most privileged person yeah. um, but it's not about the economic privilege it's about being able to, you know, walk the streets of your neighborhood and not have your, um, and feel threatened. It's not, it's, it's to be able to live a life free of racial bias when you're applying to jobs and, and so forth. So I would encourage Sarah, um, to, to, to take another look at her belief system as we are all entitled to our beliefs, um, to take another look and maybe, and maybe ponder and say, as, as a white person, what are, what are the privileges I have and, and how can this be maybe tainting it? Well, let's change the hypothetical then. Let's just for, again, just for a thought experiment, let's suppose Sarah is black and Sarah has the belief, the same belief, that there is not systemic racism and I seem to be getting along fine and I don't really notice these issues you know, where I live or, or in, in my direct experience. If Sarah has that belief and now we, she's African-American, does that change anything in your mind? Does that, does that, uh, does that change how you see your beliefs or is that not, does that not change your beliefs? Well, I also think beliefs in general, and this is just a side note, yeah. um, foster fluidity. I think I think beliefs have the power to change as you evolve as a person and as you kind of um, mm-hmm. connect with other people in your network. Um, when beliefs change, as yeah. you say, are they changing because of a subjective experience or are they changing to match on to what's objectively real and true in the world? Well, I think that's the process of, of your of your own of your own quest, right? It's are your beliefs changing because it seems like it's it's the trending belief mm-hmm. or um, are your beliefs changing because you truly feel like this is a powerful belief that could you know re- revitalize um, some good in our world um, I think I think that when when you start to feel your beliefs changing those are questions to ask um, and to trace back to the hypothetical um, I think if Sarah was a black woman and and she were to say um, I, I I, I don't, you know, like you said, I, I think 
I'd be very intrigued by that conversation. Mm. And I think, and I think that's a piece that we, that I think as a society, we fail to truly understand. I think we look at beliefs and that's, I think where I was going with that. We look at beliefs as very solid things and, and we personalize our beliefs. Um, and, and, um, I think, I think sometimes our belief systems become, become too, too concrete that it's hard to sustain a conversation. And I think if a conversation can prevail and one can exchange information and now as a white person, I'm saying, you know, people of color are, are, are victimized by society due to systemic racism. And now a person of color is saying, I don't feel victimized by that systemic racism. I would want to engage in that conversation because at the end of the day, the marginalized voice matters way more than my white voice. And when you and Sarah are talking and could it be said that somewhere in your conversation that there is an objective truth that either systemic racism exists and persists in this country and it's influencing our what we do and decisions we make or it doesn't exist and it's something that we think it might be there and might not be there for whatever reason is there an objective truth there or is it a is it a personal subjective belief right i think and like i was kind of alluding to earlier i think i think i think political beliefs should be factual and based in facts yeah. rather than um heavily personalized but again I could see how an argument could be could be um, said. Well, well, mm. Sage, you're you're saying that you're saying you don't have to personalize your politics because you are a white woman, and I think, and I think if we if we look at marginalized lives, um, our our politics are are their personal truths every day. Um, their truth is, uh, and I don't want to you know speak for marginalized mm-hmm. lives, but but I mean. I think it's pretty blatant that a lot of people of color are subjected to to racial biases and, and systemic racism, yeah. and 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 that that does become personal. So it's a fine line of honoring the facts right. and and amplifying the stories. Maybe this will help me. Um, <clears throat> this is a box of Mentos. Yes. Which is uh, much better than Tic Tacs because they're just better. Let's say there's either an even or odd number of Mentos in this box. Right. I don't know what the answer is. I presume you don't know what the answer is. But could it be said that there is an objective truth there? That doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. That the answer is the answer and it just is what it is. Would you think that that's correct? Or is that, am I not seeing something correct about that statement or question? Um... Well, I think, I think because Mentos are such a trivial part uh-huh. of society and life okay. that I think sometimes with the more trivial aspects of life, it's easier to just, um, you know, honor, honor whatever the person's saying who's saying that to you, right? But when we get into the more complex issues and like systemic racism, um, I think there's, you have to take more of a path to, to, um, 
to coming to a place of understanding is this is this a truth is this an objective truth right because we're not just yeah. talking about mentos um we're talking about lives and we're talking mm-hmm. about and we're talking about stories and i think and policies and i think that is when it's hard to really understand what the objective truth is and that's when the thinking sure and I, and, I, and i think i see where you're coming from i do and let's say with the even or odd number of mentos we might not know the objective truth because i i'm here to tell you i don't know the objective <laughs> truth whether there's an even or odd number of mentos in this box right and i'm trying to see how you see truth and in the sense of the mentos would you say that there is one that doesn't matter what we believe that it's just the answer is what the answer is or does it depend on what we believe i i think i think when when i think when when told when when brought to the table with with a fact someone telling you something yeah. that that they're that they're saying in a factual yeah. um, way i think i think it's important to to question and i think it's important to to have that moment of questioning not not of every small thing like yeah. you know how many men but to have the approach in life to say sure. you know this person's telling me this but, but I, does questioning the number of mentos does that change the number no okay. but i think but i think um i think that's just an important attitude to have i think yes and 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 i see where you're coming from i do i think yeah it's a good attitude to have to question the, your beliefs and I, and i do see where you're coming from and i'm just really trying to see how you see the world and how you form your beliefs and 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 i'm trying to see that I, i'm trying to see whether there is some objective information there that doesn't matter what we believe or is this information dependent on what we believe about it you know i think i think if there is uh, if if someone brings me uh, like research and yeah. and support and stats and a firm and a firm analysis on any issue okay. and can fully explain it I will believe that and I will and I I think a moment of questioning will will arise but then but then if they align with my belief systems I think I'll be able to believe that um so is it if it aligns with your belief system right okay okay well and I know this is a concrete thing that we're talking about mentos. But what if I said that I believe that there is an even number of men- mentos in this box and if somebody told me that that's not true that there's an odd number and if we counted them and it was an odd number and then I would say, "Oh, my belief about this was incorrect. It's an odd number. I will now believe that there are an odd number of mentos in this box because it seems that that is the objective reality." in the case of your belief it, and that you believe that there's systemic racism exists in the world if someone presented you with a, with a with a lot of data objective data that showed hey look at this this and this it shows that there's not systemic racism in this world 
would you reduce your confidence level in the belief or would you still have the belief basically at the same level you have the belief now? I think I would do two things. I think, and I, and I think, and I know I keep going back to it, but I think there are a few things there. I think when you are brought, when you are brought, right, when you're brought all the information, yeah. I think it's very important to value your, your beliefs um, and value who you are as a person and understand that um, you should never abandon your beliefs or, or the way you see, you see the world um, just should because... Should you abandon incorrect beliefs? Well, I think then also understanding that there's fluidity in beliefs and then understanding that you should never abandon who you are as a person and seeing the fluidity does that make sense having that dialectic of seeing that beliefs can change but also understanding that um if you feel firm in a belief and you feel that that aligns with who you are um i think i see then then there's there's no need to abandon um so you're saying that you understand that there's data and, and to look at the data but if you feel strongly about the belief right and it resonates with you right then you should still hold on to the right. belief. If someone was going to come with a portfolio of information of how systemic racism does not exist mm-hmm. and how we should, uh, you know, stop talking about systemic racism in schools and talk about this patriotic approach, um, I, 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 I would not, despite despite the, the statistics. And, mm-hmm. and I know I said earlier, if, you know, I if I was given research, I'd be able to believe it, uh, have an easier time believing it. Um, I guess. So it sounds like with systemic racism that there is research to show that it exists. And if you were shown that research on systemic racism doesn't exist, you would still go on probably believing the belief. Right. And the reason why you would go on believing the belief because you have a sense, a feeling an intuition, maybe for lack of a better word, that the belief is true. Mm-hmm. Is feeling that a belief is true, is that a reliable way to know whether a belief is true, do you think? Well, I think that's a very subjective way to determine, you know, a belief if one person um, views their belief as true. And I think it also perpetuates the narcissism the narcissism that we foster in society um you know if my yeah i think this and my belief is true mm-hmm. i think beliefs as as they are your own they they need to be they need to be backed and that's when i come back to the research aspect okay. and if it's if it is a belief that requires yeah. research yeah. and statistics um is and this a belief that requires research and statistics the systemic racism okay. yeah okay. i would i would deem it so yeah. Um, so and, I'm just trying to understand, yeah. because you're telling me that if there was research and statistics that said to the contrary for whatever reason, and I have no idea because I, I don't know much about this, and I'm just saying this is hypothetical, it seems like you still hold on to the belief. Right. Is it useful or valuable, do you think, just in a general sense, about right. any belief, to have a belief, any belief, 
that can't be shown to be incorrect if it's incorrect. Not saying if it's saying it's incorrect, but if it's incorrect, is it useful to have a belief that can't be shown to be incorrect? Because if it can't be shown to be incorrect, then how do we really know that it's true? Well, right, and I think that's why I pre- I prefaced with this idea of questioning, yeah, and this idea of of understanding that that. Um, your belief is not the only valid belief in society. And I think it becomes difficult when we um, start talking about political issues mm-hmm. because it's difficult. I think I truly believe that there are some political ideologies that just are right and that just mm-hmm. are the right way to see our world. And, um, and, I, and it's lives that, that it, and it's affecting lives that aren't mine. So how can I speak carefully yeah. and, and, and appropriately yeah, um, for those lives? Um, Let me put it this way. Yes. If your belief was incorrect, and I'm not saying that, but if it was, right. how would you be able to show yourself that it was? If it was, is there a way you could a test you could employ or something that you could show your a way to show yourself that it was incorrect if it was incorrect right a way to know um i think it comes with conversations i don't think just one conversation one one um venue where you were exposed to this idea that maybe you're not you're not your belief isn't very valid. Um, I don't think one experience should should invalidate a belief, yeah. but I think. But in your case, like, how would you go about doing it? If right. presumably, I'm, I'm presuming, I'm making an assumption. You want to know the truth about this, right? And and if I'm talking with you, and and if it's a true thing, if it's if if systemic racism is it, it, it exists and persists in this world. I would like to believe it. And if it doesn't, then I'd rather not believe it. You know, I would like to believe what's true and real. And with your belief, I think you're telling me that it's true and real, but I'm, I'm saying that if it's true and real, I would kind of need to know that if it wasn't true and real, how you'd be able to find that out. So it'd make me more confident in what you're saying and I'd be able to adjust my beliefs accordingly. No. Right. Yeah. I think, I think if I was was told that, if I was if I, if I was met with many different occasions and met with evidence and 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 research and sound and sound reasoning of why my belief were is incorrect, then I think it, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is it needs to be multiple multiple conversations especially with political issues you need yeah. to be willing to have multiple conversations and multiple discussions hear from marginalized voices right. um, amplify those voices and and find the most equitable approaches and if you have found the most equitable approaches and if you have amplified um, marginalized voices and if you and you have heard mm-hmm. and listened to people's stories I think those components form a political belief and um, I think if I had that mm-hmm. and that proved that my belief was incorrect, that, that'd be something to think about. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. Here's a bonus recording from March of 2020. 
God is now. God is now. Now. He is the eternal now. And I came to that uh, through theological training. Um, and then finally realizing that I could no longer accept some man in the clouds or woman in the clouds who, you know, controls everything. Uh, but the one thing that we cannot capture is now. Like now is gone. Now is gone. Now is gone. Right. But it's the thing that keeps us in existence. I don't understand yet, but I will. So maybe you can tell me just a little more what you mean. By God is now, mm -hmm. I think I understand the concept of there really not being a now in the sense that I'm talking to you and my perception of you comes to me via my senses, via, via mm -hmm. light. Right. And so my, and then it travels up my neural pathways to my brain. So my sense of what you're doing is behind of what you're actually doing. Right. So I understand that concept, if that's what you mean. That's exactly what I mean. But I'm trying to understand how that is God. I think it's as much God as the man theory or the the God figure theory. Uh, to me, now is what holds us in existence, which is what God is to me. It's the power that holds us in existence. Do we need a God for that? I think so. Why? Uh, because I think without now, we would fall apart. We might not be. The premise is, is that now mm -hmm. is a God. Now is God, not a God, but God. It's the power. It's the power that drives the universe. Why can't we have a power in a universe mm -hmm. and that power not be a God? I think it's just semantics. Okay. I could call it the power. Okay. Or the engine that drives the universe. Yeah. But in our in my own terminology, in what I know of the universe, the only thing that captures that is now. Sure. I'm not an astrophysicist. I mean, I know a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm just thinking if they were to describe what you're saying mm -hmm. in the sense of now, mm -hmm. I could see them using scientific language and not evoke a God. And I'm trying to understand right. where is it just the word you're just choosing to use to describe this and they're using a different word? I think that's probably it. I think from, from my background, which actually has been very religious, um, to me, God has always been whatever holds us in existence. And so to a scientist, that might be some energy of some kind. And to me, it is some energy. I don't see God as a personal being. Can this energy be measured? Is it? Or I don't think so. So this energy is supernatural energy. Yes, it's whatever caused the Big Bang. And from that Big Bang is continuing to hold us in existence. And I'm not saying that this is the case, but if a scientist was sitting next to you and they could explain to you, to your satisfaction, how different energy forces work in the universe mm -hmm. and how that wouldn't require a supernatural being, mm -hmm. would that be fine with you and not have to evoke the concept of something that is not measurable or is there something else you're saying? 
I think it would be fine with me, and I think I'd still think of it as God. Okay. To me, it would still be in some way supernatural because I don't think anybody can nail down how we began, how the universe began. I'm not sure there's an explanation for that. How do you know this is true? I don't. That's the matter of belief. What is your confidence that you're, the confidence level of this belief being true? I think on a scale of one to 10, it's probably a nine. Okay. And how important is it for you to believe in true things? Would you probably say? nine. So it's very important for you to believe in true things. Mm -hmm. And you believe that this is true. True. <laughs> and when I ask you why you believe this, mm -hmm. you say, I believe it because I believe there is, for lack of a better word, a supernatural energy that holds us together. And this is the only way I can explain it. Can it be measured? No. If it can't be measured, mm -hmm. how do we know it's real? We don't. It's simply my belief. Should anyone believe something? that can't be shown to be either have evidence for or shown to be false? If it can be shown to be false, then yes. it's no longer a belief. It it's knowledge. Right. But should we believe in something that can't be shown to be false? And also, should we believe in something that there doesn't seem to be evidence for to believe? I think so. Why? Well, belief is um, a leap. It's not knowledge. It's not, it's not facts. It's not true or false. It's what, you, what your conviction is, what your belief is. And it's a leap of faith, basically. Why make mm -hmm. that leap of faith? I think because I need to be a religious person. Why? It gives meaning to my life. So you're saying that if you were not a religious person, you wouldn't have meaning to your life? Mm, I would, but it might be less giving. I've toyed with that. In fact, I've, I've tried to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the best I could be was an agnostic. And then finally I realized, you know, if there is an energy, that is God. And the only way I could describe it is the now. Religion gives you meaning in life. Mm -hmm. And it helps you to be more giving. Have you ever known an atheist or come across an atheist? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're very giving. They're very kind. They're loving people. How do we explain their behavior, would you say? I really don't know. They're finding something else. Uh that's important. Right. But it may not, it doesn't have to be God. For me, it's, it's God. You've known atheists, it sounds like, and mm -hmm. it seems the ones you've known have been giving and they've been caring for others. Probably more than I am. <laughs> okay. And I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Mm -hmm. If their behavior... Mm -hmm isn't motivated from God. What do you think? I think everybody has 
their own motivations. And a lot of it has to do with upbringing. And I think some of it has to do with genetics. Um, my background is, you know, Lutheran, Catholic, and then nothing <laughs> except God. Um, and other people's backgrounds, they don't have the religion, but they have other things. They simply have basic human values that are very positive. If you woke up tomorrow morning mm -hmm. in this belief about the now and how it relates to a belief mm -hmm. about a God, mm -hmm. if that were to vanish, mm -hmm. would your life change? Would you be the same person? Would you be happier? Would you be more miserable? Would you have more anxiety, less anxiety? Would you see the world differently? Would, would anything change? I think I'd be very disappointed. Um, and I'd probably go in search of another, another answer to God. You'd be disappointed. Mm -hmm. How so? Because I really believe that God is the now. Right. But that's the, kind of the fun thing about beliefs, you know. What's that? You can believe something that there are no facts for. You don't know whether it's true or false, but it's simply a belief. Why do you think people believe things that there are no facts for? I think somehow it nurtures them. Are you see, saying that there's an emotional benefit to the belief? I think so. Is an emotional benefit to a belief a good reason to believe in that belief? No. Not if that's the only thing. Not if it's harmful. A lot of people believe in harmful things. No. You've obviously thought a lot about this. I have. You ask some really good questions. Now I'm going to go home and think about this again. <laughs> How do you feel like this conversation went? It was very interesting for me. Yeah, good. very good. Yeah, because most people don't want to talk about this. They don't. Uh -huh. That's right. And so to have questions asked, you know, things I hadn't really thought about before. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon. And you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
Now that's what I call funky. Enjoy funk. Silence is not an option we've got here. 